0: Okay, Max, welcome to my neurodivergent diary. This is my podcast all about being neurodivergent.
1: Amazing, thank you for having me.
0: Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. So if you guys don't know about Max, Max is a content creator.
1: Yeah, that's me. That, That
0: is you. One of them ones. And I, you can tell me whether this is the right um, terminology, Go okay, but I would say mental health activist.
1: I would I wouldn't say activist, no. I would I'd say advocate.
0: Advocate, okay, yes. I feel yeah, like activism better. almost
1: has like a, an attachment to it, as in like I'm trying to like, I don't know, gluing myself to the floor <laughs> and chain myself to the gates and that for mental health, do you know what I mean? But yeah, no, I, true. yeah I, I would say advocate.
0: That's a better word. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to put that down to my dyslexia. Yeah. <laughs> um and those are those are like your main things I'd say right yeah
1: like, so yeah I kinda, I'm presenting now yeah so that's yeah. kind of the the new the new path I'm trying to go down but yeah. I guess at the minute like yeah creating content online all about happiness mental health dating um fun stuff and just kind of like I feel like to be honest with you we're really to get a little bit deep straight away is like I'm all about it When when people talk about mental health online, personally, and I know some people are gonna disagree with this,
0: Mm.
1: I feel like instantly it becomes really fucking depressing content.
0: Yeah.
1: And I'm not about that. Like I want people to look at my content, even feel inspired, have a laugh, feel happy. And like that's not to take away from like the seriousness of the topic, but it's more just like there's enough sad stuff out there. Yeah. I don't want people to look at my page and make them even more sad and even more sad and then for them to be like, oh, God. More well, like, depressed. What am <laughs> Do I doing? More depressed. I want, yeah. to, I want to come away and be like, oh, yeah, me too. Yeah. And that's and that's, that's it. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. It's, um, it's a
0: safe space that like, you want yeah. people to come on board and be like, yeah, mate, I fucking feel that as well.
1: Like, 100%.
0: 100%. So just to get straight into this as well, because I feel like, when I know people, we just get on a podcast and we start chatting, and, and I think that's really nice, but um, it is about being neurodivergent, right? Of course. So just to, to grab people's attention to the subject, do you think, I mean, okay, we, we discussed this the other day. I was like, Max, are you neurodivergent? Yeah. You're like, it's interesting. I'm thinking about it at the moment, and you have some, we've, we've used this terminology or, like, this phrase previously on this podcast. You have a bunch of letters attached to your name, right? Yeah. So experts can tell me, but I believe that you, so you have OCD, right? Yeah. That's like one of the, the letter combinations. One of the many, <laughs>
1: one of the many, yeah, yeah.
0: Um, and that is classified as being part of the neurodivergent, like, category. Yeah. From what I've...
1: If you Google it, it's there. Exactly. That's, that's how I feel. You know yeah,
0: I mean? yeah, yeah. 100%. 100%. Yeah. I think there's a lot of, like, discussions going on at the moment, which is really interesting and I think it's really cool. It's positive that we can see that people are talking about being neurodivergent and what that means, right? Mm. So it's like... I don't know, someone was talking about different mental health, like illnesses recently and what comes under the neurodivergent bracket. And I think it is pretty broad, which is interesting. I think there are some things like people talk about narcissism and I was like, is it? But at the same time, if it's classified, like diagnosed as a disorder, then potentially it is like Mm. part of it. So yeah, it's really quite varied. Yeah. Yeah. So I think you are. I mean, you are. I'm just going to say you are.
1: Yeah, and, and that's the thing is like, so like my kind of journey with it all realistically with kind of like the whole neurodivergence was I'd never really even thought I was, first of all. I did, to be honest, when I first started kind of getting ill, I didn't even realise mental health was a thing. Do you know what I mean? I was yeah. just kind of like, I was part of the problem of like, <laughs> you'll be all right.
0: Yeah. Stop
1: crying. <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? Whereas like when I actually got bad and stuff and like kind of, you know very recently in the last six months had conversations with my therapist I've had for the last five years where she was like I basically kind of approached it myself I was like do you think I'm maybe on the autism spectrum because there Mm. are there are qualities in me that you know that you hear about you know I hate I can't stand change certain certain social cues I don't get like certain things like that and I was like am I? and she was like well I'm not qualified to tell you are but you know there are things that do point Towards it, Yeah. So, you know, maybe start the process of, of looking into it. But she said, to be honest with you, like, you know, even if you are, it's not going to change anything. You're just going to be able to say, I am. Yeah, Like, yeah. Do you know what I mean? But uh, to be honest with you, like, I, I would want to do the process of kind of trying to figure out if I am autistic or not because yeah. uh, it's something I would kind of want to know about myself. Yeah, totally. Um, but... Yeah, I mean, technically, if you look on Google, neurodivergent, baby. <laughs>
0: <laughs> How do you think anything, like, knowing that would have affected you in school? Mm. Did you have a hard time in school or did you excel in school? What's your...
1: I hated school. Yeah. I, was, I wasn't I was good in school.
0: Okay.
1: Um, I was the type of kid who was... I was never, like, a... I was a little bit naughty, but I was never, like, a troublemaker. Yeah. Um, I was always kind of the one... Uh, not sat at the back doing nothing, but I was the one kind of in the middle chatting to his mates and right. not really listening to things. And when teachers would say to me, um, and, and it wasn't like I didn't work at school, that's the thing, is a lot of people think I actually didn't do anything, but realistically, like, I did I did try and do well, but it's just academically, I'm actually not that smart. Like, creatively and, you know, emotionally and personally, or whatever, like, yeah. I'm, I'm quite... I'm, not to sound big-headed, but I'm not, I'm not dumb. Do yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah,
0: you're not stupid. Um, I'm yeah. not a
1: stupid person. Mm. Um, but then it, school made me feel stupid because they'd be like, oh, Max, next time you need to try harder. And yeah, I, in my head, in my head, I'm me like, so much. but I'm trying my hardest. Mm. This, this right now, what you're seeing is my hardest. Yeah. So unfortunately, that got me to a point where I was like, I hate school. I hate yeah. it because it's just one, they're not pushing me in the right direction. And I went to schools that weren't, you know, I moved to France when I was six. Oh, yeah. So, obviously, was in, like, middle of the countryside. That was... Countryside school was great because I was well young. I was six years old. I had the best time. But then when it got to, like, uh, like 14, I went to a school that didn't really get what I wanted to do. I wanted to be right. creative. I wanted to make yeah. films. I wanted to, you know, do all of this stuff. And mm. they were just kind of, like, smashing out lawyers, doctors, like, yeah. those type... Which is nothing wrong with it, absolutely. If that's what you want to do, sound awesome. Yeah. But just wasn't for me that's not the type mm. of uh, of role that I wanted to take in my life um so you know, Wait,
0: were you being taught in English or French? French, French yeah, fully yeah, so you, French. You are, you are completely bilingual, right? Oui, oui. Yeah. <laughs> oui, oui, My French is so bad right now. <laughs> Do you know, it used to be good when I was a kid. I was really good at speaking really? French, yeah, but then I spent six months in France where everyone refused to speak fucking French to me. There you go. As soon as they heard I was English <laughs> and I was, like, attempting to speak French, they yeah. just stopped the French conversation and would start the English conversation. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um
1: but yeah, no, fluent two languages. That's it's quite funny. Yeah. Fun. Um
0: and I feel like cause I wonder what what you're saying in regards to like being frustrated in school, I think is usually down to the fact they don't know how to teach you because you're neurodivergent. Mm. For me it was dyslexia and like literally like words, you know, like terrify me. <laughs> yeah. Letters, spelling, reading. How did you were you okay are you okay with reading and writing, like spelling? Did you struggle with any of that?
1: Not really. For me, it was like when when I when I started to get like realised that maybe I'm a little bit different mm. was was at school but never in a bad way. I kind of used it as like my quirk. So mm. I'd, I skated a lot as a kid, right? And yeah. if I didn't land the trick, I would just be constantly doing it over and over and over and over yeah, and over and over yeah. again. And even when I did do it, wasn't perfect. Mm-hmm. And that was the first signs of like my perfectionism slash what went into OCD basically. Yeah. Um, so to, t- to be honest with you, like school was school and my, my neurodivergence and, and all of my letters mm. didn't really have that much of a, a huge effect, I think, which mm. I, I'm really lucky with, you know, yeah, like yeah. I think my OCD got bad later on in life yeah. that was kind of coming out of school. Um, but it never, no, it never really affected me that much.
0: So like when teachers were saying to you, you know, you need to try harder, like you weren't excelling or whatever in school mm. your they didn't think that your like classwork was up to scratch it wasn't yeah. it wasn't like because your spelling was bad or things like that necessarily it was just like they just didn't think that you were maybe um grasping it they or just like, thought
1: I wasn't understanding it and yeah. and to be honest with you I probably wasn't
0: yeah yeah but
1: only because I'm just not angled that way if yeah, that makes yeah. sense yeah, I, I'm sure. like give me something creative like honestly like PE and art and music and stuff that I yeah. did at school. I, I I my last two three years of school I did. Um, I went to a school that kind of specialized in like f- film and media. Sick. So like that was sick because yeah. like I was just having a great time and I was making films and stuff which was yeah. amazing. But sis, sit me down in like a math class which I stopped when I was I stopped math when I was sixteen. Right. I was, I'd, honestly, he would get me up to like I remember this so many times. He like one my he used to nickname me, yeah he used to nickname me he used to call me the artist. As, right. like, like condescending. Yeah, yeah. And then he'd get me up to the mm. board and do, like, like sums. I, just, I wasn't understanding it. And then he'd make, like... He'd basically laugh at me in front of a class. And I'd be like, dickhead. Yeah. What are you doing? That, it's, it's so horrible. It's horrible. And also, yeah. like, that, that definitely, like, I was an anxious kid. So, like...
0: Just made it worse. Just
1: so, it's so much worse. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, school, was a, school was a fun ride. It was good.
0: <laughs> so, when you did your last two years um, doing, like, creative stuff... Was that in France as well? Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're lucky because I remember wanting so hard to go to, like, some kind of creative college, right? And it just wasn't. What, I lived in the Cotswolds, which I know is
1: mm. lovely. Beautiful area. Beautiful. Very lovely. Very
0: nice. And I'm lucky. Very green. Very green. I don't really appreciate that as much well. When <laughs> I was little, I did. But when you want to then do creative stuff and you realize that's where you excel, I kind of was forced to stay and do my A-levels because, mm. like, A thing that's complicated, and it sounds, I hate saying this, I sound like such a dickhead is the way I'm going to put it, right? I could use a different word. But when I was diagnosed dyslexic, I was diagnosed as gifted dyslexic, right? Right. So essentially, I've got a high IQ. So I'm not, not like, it's not that I, like, obviously, I struggled with maths because of, like, reading and writing. So, like, English I struggled with. But actually, if I don't have to write it down or, like, read a heavy book, you can have an intellectual conversation with me and I would take in facts and like even to the point of I would get told, which is where I was trying to tell my parents I think I'm ADHD from like a young age. Right. I'm being disruptive because I know all the answers and I'm bored by this point. Right. But get me to put it down on paper and I'm fucked. Do you know Mm. what I mean? So it was really hard to educate me. But then I excelled and I also like did really badly. On the other hand, when it became like GCSEs and A-levels, GCSEs I got through, but I was basically ill by the end of it i I had to focus so hard because of the reading and the writing and in my a levels i think i just had zoned out almost because i wanted to be in a creative environment Mm. i took art and drama because i was like i'm good at those things but they were like you're intelligent you should take english or something like history or whatever so i took english because i did i got like a b in my gcc i don't know how had a good teacher and then I got A, D, E. And the reason I got D in drama was all the written stuff and all the reading. Right. I had to like read a book a week, and I'm like, it takes me a month, and I have to be so focused.
1: I've only, I've only read like two books my entire life. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> do that like a week
0: yeah exactly I was trying to listen to the audio books like it was just fucking hard to be mm. honest with you and it made me feel shit like you're saying like you know you just end up feeling like well I'm just a bit stupid and then the confusing thing was everyone tells me I'm really clever yeah. you know yeah so it, yeah, I can relate to that, and I think everyone that's new division like there's different reasons, there's different things that you struggle with, but like we just don't fit society.
1: Yeah, and I, I think it, it, it kind of takes it back to that old saying: is like you can't, what is it? You can't judge a fish by its ability to climb.
0: Yeah, that's like, so true. Like that's the thing.
1: Like, I, I kind of feel like school t- to like encompass my school life and mm. what sounds like to be yours as well. Yeah, is that sentence? Yeah, like, so true. Like you just people are telling you, you need to kind of be, and it sounds so like. Like 2023, <laughs> but it's like we're, you're being put in a box, yeah, and it's, it's like true, yeah. this is the type of person you are, this is what you're good at. This and it's like, can't you can't do that with everyone, yeah. especially people who, who are neuro, neurodivergent? Exactly. Like, it doesn't work.
0: Do you know what's interesting as well? I didn't know that word at all until like fairly recently. Mm. Like, I've been very lucky that I knew I was dyslexic since I was six. Like, my parents really advocated to get me support, and like. I was saying earlier in another podcast that like, you know, that's where they spent all their money, which I really appreciate, you know, it was frustrating because I didn't really understand it as a kid. I changed schools a lot and that was frustrating. As right. you can imagine, like you meet, it's why I'm so good at talking now, I think. Yeah. I had to make friends so many times, you know, but like the root of it was I'm very privileged in that respect that my parents are like, her focus, like, you know, we are going to focus on making sure she gets educated properly. Yeah. but. I didn't know the word neurodivergent. Like I knew I was dyslexic and that was still like, I had to leave a school because they refused to believe that existed. So it's so mad how far it's come. Do you know what I mean? That we're all talking about this and like, you know, you weren't diagnosed like dyslexic or or like ADHD or anything like that when you were at school. But now we're all looking into this like neurodivergent thing that is so like, is, you know so many of us have but yeah. we never fucking knew existed before right? Yeah,
1: like, I, like the, I I actually remember the first time I heard the word new, neurodivergent and a mate of mine said it and I thought it was just some like some like slang term he made up.
0: Right, like, yeah, Honestly. It's a weird the, Hand on my
1: hand on my heart, <laughs> literally. I was like, he was like, yeah, maybe you're just new, new, neurodivergent, and I was like, that's a sick word. <laughs> and he was like, yeah, I'm just different mentally. Do you know what I mean? And I was like, yeah, man. but then he was like. What are you doing? And I was like, what? He was like, No, that's an actual thing. And then I looked it up and I was like, oh shit, okay, that makes sense now. Yeah. But yeah, I literally thought it was just some like slang term, <laughs> <laughs> Idiot.
0: Some new thing. This like is what the... I mean by
1: like, I'm I'm stupid, but not stupid. Do yeah, I, mean? no, I, get
0: you. <laughs> I think that's endearing.
1: I'll take that. I'll take that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Like, uh, I have one of my friends, she's dyslexic, and I'm gonna have her on a podcast at some point, and she is the most beautiful human in the world and, like, so fucking clever when it comes to, like, certain creative things. Like tiktok she's the queen like she does stuff and i will literally text her like that is so clever like Sick. how did you think to do it and she's like oh my god babe that means so much but like she won't know i don't know she was driving somewhere the other day and she's like oh my god i'm gonna get a tattoo with this person and then she's like i'm like babe it's like three hours away you do realize you know she's like oh <laughs> i it. just didn't i just put the postcode in yeah, you know it? Fair. she's so like you know like intelligent in some ways and i think also i think that's a neurodivergent thing like I was so I was told I'm like this sort of not genius, but do you know what I mean? Kind of like when I was super young, which obviously is great to know when you're struggling. Yeah, it's like no, but you're so intelligent in other ways. But then actually, that put a lot of pressure on me to being like, but like for example, A levels, like, but you have to do, you know a normal A-level yeah. because, like, you're intelligent whereas I think if I'd have just gone to, like, art school, drama school, you know, something like that, I probably would have gone way further way quicker. Yeah. So it's, it's really, it's just school is fucked. Yeah, it? well, I mean, f-
1: <laughs> like, funny enough you said that because, like, the school that I I went to before I ended up going to kind of like that specialist um, like media school Yeah. was, I, I basically kind of told, I essentially told my parents I was changing school. They They didn't, suggest it to me or anything I kind of just got home and I was like I don't like it here I want to go here because I know I'll do better and as soon as I moved my grades my attention span my everything just rocketed up because I'd clearly seen that I had mates who were like more creative and more like me in that school and there wasn't really many other people not to sound wanky but like me I just felt a bit like kind of like an odd one out in a little yeah, a little yeah, bit. Totally. Um and then when I got to this new place I just felt way more understood and, and people were just kind of like just more more familiar, if that yeah, makes sense. Totally. And then we would you know, we would talk about literature and, and talk about like, like mental health. Like like the first start start of conversations I would have with teachers, they would honestly ask me how I was. Really? Whereas teachers before, they'd be like Max, you need to pay attention more. You need to work harder. And yeah. I'd be like, I am working hard. This is just not a bit of me. Yeah. I hate school. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm not going to learn this. Because yeah. it's just not going in. That's and like, it. And
0: you like, harassing me about it is not helping. 100%. Yeah. yeah, it's yeah. so shit. It's interesting you say that because I did my A-levels and then I took a gap year. I was not one of those people, but I just took a gap Same. year. Like I fucking hate that. But I didn't travel or anything. Like, I, I mean... I went to France for a bit, but Lovely. that that wasn't like a, I was being creative. So basically I wanted to go to do something creative in uni and I was like, I think I want to do fashion. Mm. And in my A-levels, I hadn't taken a sub, like, you know, a fashion module or anything. So I was like, shit, I have to create a portfolio in order to get in. So that's kind of what I was doing. I was like making stuff, doing photo shoots, like trying to create a portfolio. And I was doing music on the side for a bit of fun. And long story short, I ended up going to Paris to do with music. Cool. I was kind of discovered. It was very random. But anyway, then I went to uni in Manmet, Manchester. Mm. It was like, at the time, top three in the country to go to fashion school. So I went there, hated it. I was All only right. there for... My mom seemed to think I was there for like a week. I was there for a couple of months and... There were different things that made me hate it. I love Manchester. Mm. My family are from Manchester, so I generally felt like I was like, I had to go. Do you know what I mean? And I was like doing the more wrong way. Did you
1: feel like almost obliged to go because you had those like manny roots?
0: Kind of. And because, you know, I can't remember what other unis that I got into, but it was like the top one, right? For the course I wanted to do. And I thought it'd be great. Like I thought I'd really enjoy it. Went there, was in this like really modern halls and no one came out of their rooms. No one was friendly. One of my housemates who I barely spoke to tried like set the kitchen on fire. And one of the first week, like it was just, you know when you're just like, all the things are happening. And in the course, even though it's like one of the top courses to go to, it felt so uncreative. Right. You turn up and they're like, okay, everyone grab like an A3, like white piece of paper. And in this corner, you're going to draw this and then you're going to do that. And we're aiming to design something for Topshop. And I was yeah. like, what the fuck? This is not me. Yeah. Right. Anyway, I had friends that were at uni doing, like, art in Cardiff. So I and at the time, a boyfriend that lived in South Wales. Of course. There's always
1: always the love interest in there, isn't it? There's always a love interest. Always like
0: it is. Um, But it just meant I'd been in. And that feeling that you said about college, where you just had that familiarity. As soon as I stepped into, like, South Wales, especially, like, Cardiff, I just saw other like alternative people. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like back then, it was like a proper emo. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> Love it.
0: And I was like, fuck, I've never seen him. I grew up in a Cotswolds, like, you yeah. know, there weren't people like that. You find your people, any.
1: innit? Yeah. That's it. Like, you find your, 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 what's it called? Your, um, your oh, I pack. know what you
0: mean. Yeah, exactly. You find your pack. Yeah. And I felt for the first time comfortable. And then, so I went to uni in South Wales, right? Like, Newport, um, it's part of, like, Cardiff Uni. But anyway, like, South Wales University, and it was so creative. Uh, my campus was in the middle of nowhere, in, like, almost the valleys. But it was beautiful. Right. And I think being in that kind of environment, as opposed to, like, the centre of the city, although I love, I'm, I am a city girl, mm. it just was more creative. Like, you had, like, greenery around you. People are doing, like, art. People are doing photography. It was a super creative university. And then I went to Music Academy in London, and it's it this... All of this is coming back to what you just said. When I was at Music Academy, um, with first person and I was going for a really hard time, a lot of stuff had changed in my life. Let's just mm. put it that way. And this is where I started to really first learn about mental health. My, I think it was, he was one of the tutors in like production cause I was doing music and he just stopped me after the class and he just went, are you okay? And I just broke down. And it's that funny thing, and you hear quite a lot of people say that, don't you? It's like all you have to do is ask that question.
1: Yeah, big up that man.
0: Yeah, I right, know, right? What a ledge. Yeah, he's he's a legend. That's
1: all it takes. Seymour. <laughs> That's all it takes. So it's like a, yeah. it's like obviously not to get too deep. I mean, we'll probably go deeper yeah, later, deep. Get
0: deep man. I'm all about that, it. It's that
1: thing, and it? It's it's that that moment where you're basically just given that opportunity to, and you probably had. 20, 30 people that week say, you're right. Yeah. And you've gone, yeah, yeah, I'm fine. Yeah. But actually someone's stopping you yeah. and going, Are you okay?
0: It's so different, isn't it? It's
1: like it hits different, and you're like, you kind of have that moment where you can just go, No.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm actually I mean? not. Yeah. yeah. It's true. It's said in a different way, isn't yeah.
1: it? That, you- that must have been such a nice moment for you though, right?
0: It was. It was, it was, it was a really hard time because I loved South Wales, like absolutely. Like, I felt like you said, I found my people. And I was really, um, I kind of left uni, like after two years, I froze it with the intention of going back, but I went on tour as a musician, right? Which you know, because you've just been on tour. I have. Um, And that was so fun. You can imagine, like, oh, I've got to go back to uni now. But the thing is, I loved fashion. I did want to work in fashion at that time, but I'd been taken seriously as a musician, which actually I was just doing for fun. So it was like, shit, I have to give this a chance, yeah. you know? You have to seize the opportunities. Of course. So I did that. And so I stayed in South Wales longer than, like, I probably would have done if I'd had just done uni. And it's so creative. Like, it's honestly, I love it. I cannot rave about Cardiff especially more. So many musicians come from Cardiff or the surrounding areas. Mm. And at particular time, it was really good you know, like kids in glass houses. Do you remember that? Band? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like all of that sick scene. Band. Yeah, sick love- band. They're playing some dunk this year. I'm very excited. Oh, they. Yeah, are I know. I'm sick. S- Cannot wait. But yeah, it was a good. It was a good environment. But I knew that London. I was born in London, right? Mm. I didn't grow up here. We moved out when I was quite little. But I just had to sing of like London was always calling me. Yeah. And if I hadn't been in a relationship in Cardiff and things like that, I felt like I would have left sooner.
1: Right.
0: Just to like, see what was out there, you know, mm. like, see what career I was really going to take. And, yes, that's where I went to college here. I got in, and it's, it's, um, it's, a re- it's where Ed Sheeran went, it's where Rita Ora went, and you had to audition. It was, like, X-Factor. It was terrifying. Bad. Yeah, mad. So I was like, I have to go because I've gotten in. And that got, like, I think it's that whole experience. They've just, they've shut my academy, and it was academy, like, college, basically. But it's part of... um a bigger academy now and they're like just about to launch a new one in London so it's like the same thing just not the exact
1: similar to like Brit stuff like Brit school whatever Everyone it's
0: see, everyone thinks it's Brits or BIM Yeah, but it was the British Academy of New Music which was called Bannum which is part of Access to Music, or right. now it's called Access Creative. Cool. So are about to launch this huge um, new like university or college in London, in East London. And it's going to have like videography, photography, music, everything. Sick. Yeah, it's sick. I, I went to a talk the other day and I think I'm going to start doing some talks with them because I swear to God, I get emotional thinking about it. It like changed my life. Just like, honestly, it makes me, you know, you go back to that moment where you think like someone like, heard me, saw me, and not even just that, it was, it should have been filmed. Like, I've always felt like I should have done, like, um, I wasn't a YouTuber or anything back then, do you know what I mean? I didn't really do that. I wasn't a content creator. But I went, it was just a year course, an artist development course, Mm. and they pull you apart, like, rip you straight. It's like deep therapy, but with a bit of music in there as well. And I came out top of my class, like, um... The next Ed Sheeran, I didn't sound anything like Ed Sheeran. And anyway, long story short, music industry shit and I became a fashion stylist. But the course, like that whole thing of feeling like you find people, someone like giving a fuck about you, asking those questions. Yeah. Changes your life.
1: I feel like especially when you, like growing up, I feel like obviously when you're neurodivergent kind of, I think it's that thing as well of, you kind of spend a lot of your life kind of... Not not in the term of, like, I'm just so misunderstood. Yeah, but, like, you kind true. of feel a bit, like, people don't get me. Like, they don't understand what, what my brain is trying to think. And, you know, I, I spent a lot of my childhood kind of in silence because it's no fault to my parents or my family or my friends or whatever. It's just I thought I was weird. Yeah. I thought I was a weird kid. Yeah. And then when people actually kind of started to allow me to kind of say what was going on in my head, I was like shit, I actually... People do understand. Um, And I think only very, very recently is I had a moment where... It was kind of your moment there where someone, like, saw something in you, right? And they've gone, fuck, they could could actually do something here. Yeah. I only had this year where, like, I was chatting to someone who's an agent and I was speaking about an idea that had all about OCD in a documentary that I want to make. And just the reaction of her, she was like, look, like the mental health thing like it's kind of been it's kind of been done like to be brutally honest
0: yeah
1: but it hasn't been done by you
0: yeah right
1: and just that internet is was just like shit I've finally been seen
0: yeah like yeah, someone yeah, yeah. can
1: see the not only do I have a story that I want to tell or or you know the credibility of I've actually been through it it's the fucking passion behind it that I, that I feel anyway that you know I'm so I think about it every single day, all day, about OCU and how I can potentially help him with it or fucking, you know, make the world slightly better in, in this space because it's what I go through every single day.
0: Yeah. And
1: it's a fucking shitstorm, if I'm brutally honest. Yeah,
0: I can imagine. It's horrible, but... Or I can't imagine, you know yeah, what I mean?
1: It's it is one of those things. But, you know, when you're finally seen, you're finally heard, you're finally, like, get someone who kind of goes... I've got you, but yeah. I understand where you're coming from. Yeah. It's amazing. Like the first time you, I've, I've, a really, really close friend of mine, that they're, they're non binary and they came out, they came out as gay like when they were like 13. Mm-hmm. And we were chatting about this because they said it was, it's quite funny because the way that I almost came out to my mum as feeling in, like basically depressed, suicidal, obsessive, yeah. having horrible thoughts, I'm, I think I'm, mental like I actually think I'm insane I think I'm a monster all of these things they were like it was weird because you've you've almost had your own coming out in a way like um basically like to kind of get a bit deeper into that it was like I was 18 I think and I was basically sat in my kitchen and I'd been going through hell in my head like absolute hell I was like how can I just end this because it was it was horrible, man. Like yeah. I won't lie, like I think if you try and sugarcoat it, you're just making it yeah. sound. But to be brutally honest, I wanted to kill myself.
0: Yeah.
1: Like people try and sugarcoat it completely, but no, nah, like I wanted my life to end. And I literally just remember thinking, I either need to tell someone about this or it's I I will end up killing it. myself. Mm. And I literally remember we were having like dinner, my parents had like a little bit of a tiff f- standard family argument, yeah. you know, like probably arguing about chips, do you know what I mean, like, <laughs> do you know what I mean, I am these type, no, like, do you know what I mean, something yeah, like that, yeah. and we're having a, this tiff, dad kind of gets up, goes into the lounge, dinner's done, safe, cool, done, and I was just sat there, and I just felt this, like, heat in my chest, and I was like, oh, I'm having a panic attack, mm. and I'd never had one in front of anyone, and I was like, fuck, 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 and I literally just looked at my mum, and I just went, mum, I need to talk to you, and that was it, mm. and then she was like, what about? And I just fucking went. Like oh, wow. all of my thoughts, everything that had been troubling me, all of my things that you know, I thought I was I thought I was a monster, do you know what I mean? Like I thought yeah. I was horrible. because oh, O C makes you think horrible things. Yeah. I thought I was violent. I thought I wanted to kill people. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I didn't, obviously. Yeah. Um intrusive thoughts. Yeah, yeah. But you know, I got to a point where, and then obviously that evening was just tears and tears and tears from all of us because, you know, why didn't you tell us before? I couldn't tell you before, like, do you know what I mean? Like, all yeah, these things. Yeah. And it's, you know, that moment was my coming out moment. Yeah, that that yeah. was the moment where I went from, you know, borderline suicidal, well, mm. actually suicidal, yeah, yeah. to, you know, actually starting to get better. And it's been that journey. So I'm 26 now, so that was, this is where my maths go bad, since <laughs> seven. Eight years, <laughs> um, but yeah, like it, it is interesting how you can you get certain people that can allow you to yeah. open up and by opening up you then you get better
0: So true, I think men as well, and we know this right as a fact live in their heads even more. Mm. I had so many weird intrusive thoughts that it's really interesting now, like I mean it's so good now I can talk to my mates about. But so your friend being non-binary, for example, is a conversation I've had a lot recently with a couple of my friends where, like, I had a lot of, like, gender dysphoria growing up. Like, I'm a tomboy, but I'm also a Barbie girl. And, like, yeah. again, like, I'm very lucky. My mum has this whole thing, that so I, like, bring up things and she's like, you think I was an awful parent, all this stuff. I know how privileged I was. Nothing's perfect. There were yeah. a lot of things that were not great in my childhood, as most people's but also a lot of amazing things. Do you know what I mean? Mm. And one of them was education. And um, in terms of like, if I wanted to do girly things or wanted to do boyish things, wanted to be creative. I think as I knew I was dyslexic, they really pushed me to be creative like right. heavily, which was really good. There was a thing called the Dyslexia Asso- Association or the Dyslexia Institute It was one of those that we went to. And there were like uh, competitions. So it was like poetry competition, art competition, stuff like that. So I kind of knew my parents had my back. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. to an extent, and then like, which I, is sick, very sick. Like I'm very lucky.
1: Yeah, it's sick.
0: And like I'd win a competition, but like other kids in my school weren't doing that, so it made me feel like if I'm shit at English, like I'm good at something yeah. else, you know. So I I appreciate that so much, and I got on really well generally <laughs> with both my mom and my dad, and there were things like fashion because my mom was a fashion designer that, like, you know, I want to be a fashion designer like my mum, but then there were other things where I was a like, proper tomboy and I wanted to go to, like, car events with my dad, yeah. you know? And it never stopped me from being both and exploring both. So I think that kind of helped me to... There were times where I generally thought, like, okay, I'm going to go for puberty and I'm going to be a boy. Like, you know, right, like, yeah. everyone just got this wrong, like, I'm actually a boy. Yeah.
1: But, but then, but then at, at that time where those, where those thoughts are going through your head, I imagine that you were probably, like... This is weird.
0: Yeah, exactly. If people it's so actually weird.
1: if people knew what I was thinking right now, they yeah. would think I'm a freak.
0: Exactly. Like,
1: whereas it's completely not not true. Like, yeah,
0: exactly. And those things, I think those, you know, because as a girl, right, it was things like, oh my god, do I have to start shaving my legs now? No one's talking to like, you know, my yeah, yeah, mum didn't yeah. really talk about those things to me. Like, and this is what I mean, like everyone's good at different things, and you know, like our parents do their best, right? And I think this the generation as well. It's like generational things. But I was like, maybe I'm not meant to. Like maybe, you know, all these weird shit used to go through my head, like generally. And I thought I was completely alone in it. And I never told my parents. Yeah. It was when I got older. And I think like I've gone through so many like visual changes like we do, you know, like short hair, long hair, crazy colored hair, whatever got lots of tattoos I'm quite different you know looking in some respects or alternative that my mum you know has she's very cool I think because my parents were in fashion with like you know if you're gay it's all right yeah. that kind of stuff was like even to the point of like you know actually it'd be quite cool if you again well I'm sorry mum I'm actually yeah, straight yeah, you know unfortunately
1: I'm not yeah. yeah
0: but when it came to body dysphoria gender dysphoria mental health those things it was harder to talk about with my parents mm. and yeah I totally relate with feeling like, am I just a fucking freak? Yeah, you know? but do you
1: think do you think that, like, it was harder to talk about the mental health stuff and stuff like that purely because it just wasn't really a thing? Or, or, or do you think it was more like... As in, in
0: not spoken about yeah, in
1: general? Yeah, Or Or do you think inside you were like, oh, no, I just can't talk about this?
0: It's interesting you say that because without... I think there are some things that I want to, like you know keep personal to my parents in like I talk about my own shit right yeah. but um let's just say that m- I, there were times a lot of the time where I was telling my parents they should get therapy right and it's not just you know it's also because they went through shit to be yeah honest. yeah yeah they went through some serious shit and like some of it was like before my dad met my mom and I'm like you never got help for that do you know what I mean or like serious help for- and he like went yeah. through some serious shit and then it was like, that feeds into the rest of your life, doesn't yeah, it? If you course. don't get help for it. And and to be honest, at a really young age, I saw that. Mm. And I didn't know that much about mental health. Like, I somehow I did know enough. Like, it's really hard to explain. But I was like, you know, you see in movies that, like, people go to marriage counselling. Yeah. I think I knew that. And right. so I was like, you know, I think this shit would help you. And my mum went through some stuff that I'm like, you should talk to someone. actually... When she went through like losing her mom, I know she did speak to someone for a bit. So it was like not completely taboo, but my dad was just, it's really weird to explain because my dad was so open-minded and so modern and like forward thinking in so many ways. But mental health, he was like, I don't need to speak to a therapist. I'm not mental, which is so weird because if you hear him speak about other things, you're like what like it doesn't yeah. do you know, it compute it was it was it was bizarre yeah um but yeah so let's just say that like something in me made me aware of mental health but i think because they had that opinion i was like that and my dad had been through something where someone had to go to um even therapy what do you call it it's not rehab it's kind of rehab like
1: rehabilitation type of life. yeah
0: like like for, for, for mental health reasons right. and it was all very serious and Maybe that was what he saw mm. as mental health support is, like, you have to have lost your mind yeah. and go to hospital,
1: Yeah, you know? It's funny that, like, I feel like we're quite similar that way. Like, my conversation with my parents about, about you know, you know, you have, like, are you gay conversation right. with your parents yeah. who, like... Obviously, I was lucky because my parents are open to that. They don't care. It's like... Yeah. But my, my conversation was literally this. With my dad, he went... He went, you do know that if you were gay, you just say, Dad, I'm gay. And I say, like, all right, what, what do you want for dinner? Because it's just, <laughs> it's so like a nothing to them. Right. That it you know that that for me, I it's it's strange because I felt so, I fe- the ability to talk to them was so easy about everything. I've I've kind of told my parents a lot of stuff that yeah. probably most people don't. You know yeah, whether yeah. it's drugs or girls or or smoking like. Yeah. Uh, you know, as a kid, obviously, I would hide smoking. Yeah. I've probably done a drugs a few times that they don't know about. Yeah, like, yeah, but yeah, yeah. nowadays, I'm very, very open with them, and I kind of always have been. But you know, even when it came to sexuality stuff like that, it's just been everything's been above board. But then when it came to like my own demons yeah. and my own mental health, it was almost like there was this shame of like mm. I can't, I can't say anything. Yeah. Partly because I'm like. There's like a pride factor to it, I yeah. reckon, in me, that was yeah. like, nah, I don't need to talk I don't need to talk about that. I'm I'm a strong man. I don't I'm strong. I don't need to yeah. I don't need to cry about it or stuff like that. But then there was also probably like a I don't know, like like a like a shame of yeah. it as well. And also like I don't wanna worry you.
0: Yeah, exactly. Like, no
1: parent wants to hear their kids say, I wanna kill myself.
0: Yeah.
1: Ever. It's not yeah. something that, you know, that I know people who have killed themselves and it's it, it causes a lot of problems in the family. Yeah, you huge. know the pain doesn't the pain doesn't leave. It yeah. moves. I can't remember who said it. I don't know if it was a musician or whatever. It, it might be a rapper, but mm-hmm. I can't remember <laughs> who. But he said it was the lyrical or whatever it was was something along the lines of like when you when you kill yourself that you don't you don't stop the pain you just move it onto someone else. Yeah, and that's kind of you know I see that as quite real and it's it's, it's obviously it's. You get people say, oh, suicide's selfish and all that stuff. It's not. They're not thinking that way yeah. when they're doing it. It's just, it just happens.
0: I think that statement is really interesting because I will say a blanket statement. Mental health is, is, is very personal. Yeah. So it is selfish. Of course, yeah. And you have these demons, like you say, inside of you telling you you're a shit person. Yeah. And you don't deserve to live, you know, like the thoughts you're having shouldn't be told to other people because they'll think you're mental and insane yeah. and they won't understand. So, yeah, it's selfish, but yeah. it's like not in a good way. As this positive movement, isn't there, where it's like, be more selfish, look after your mental health, right? Yeah. And I have such a, because like, also, I don't think you know this, and lots of people listening to the podcast won't know this, but you talk about doing a um, documentary. I know you've mentioned something to me before about doing documentaries. I did one. And I feel like I need to, like, repost it or something. I did one quite a few years ago, and there are a lot of things I did just before the, like, Me Too movement. And I know that's quite specific to, like, women's sort of sexual experiences, right? Yeah. Or, like, just women's experiences, right? But it's changed, like, the sort of... It's just changed the way that we are and we see things in general. Mm. I think that movement in a really positive way. So I did this project. I was approached quite a few times because I'm a content creator, kind of based mostly in fashion, um, to do fashion collaborations, to design things because I did design at uni. And I said that I wouldn't do one unless I could have like a charity angle to it. Cool. And so many people weirdly were like, oh, there's a lot of red tape. We can't do it. So then I got approached by Mitchell and Ness and they're like a big, they're like new era, right? a Big American sportswear brand and they were like, you can design a hat it's just family and friends, like you can gift it out it's like a gifting project, so it's like sick I'm only going to do this if I can do something that has a charity angle to it and they're like, okay you can do it if like, it basically what happens is even charities, they make it really difficult for you to like collaborate with them officially, so I was like, okay, well, what we'll do is like you can just donate, so like We'll do a raffle of a couple of the hats and then that money will go directly to like a charity
1: mm.
0: no one can stop you from doing that if that makes sense like obviously unless you're not doing something negative but you don't have to like officially collaborate with them so in order to tie it in I made a documentary a three-part series and the project it wasn't just about mental health it was about subjects that people have like conditions that people have that you can't see and they're not visual. Right. So at this time, I didn't know the word neurodivergent, but basically it was neurodivergent stuff and mental health stuff and physical stuff that's not visible, right? So like, it's quite a big subject to me because both my parents had like illnesses. My mom has fibromyalgia, you can't see it. Yeah. And then I have dyslexia, you can't see it. And I don't think I'd like come out, shall we say, properly to my parents as being like, Depressed or right. having, like, mental health issues. Like, they knew I was a difficult kid. I was yeah. an angry kid, a frustrated kid, all this kind of shit. Basically came out on camera <laughs> in this documentary. And it's so Fuck. weird because this was... I need to look, but, like... Five or six years ago, maybe longer, like, you know, quite, quite a while ago. And I think since then, the, like, honestly, since I did that documentary, it's not because of it, but I mean, like, because, you know, a thousand people saw it on YouTube, more than that, but not that many people saw it on a wide, you know, wider scale of things. People have talked about mental health a lot more on social media since then. Yeah. When I came out, I, the first uh, video of this documentary was just me introducing myself and the project. It was called The Lucky Project and how I've created my own luck in life, right? And it was following me around for the day as a fashion stylist and a content creator. So it was like, I'm Kitty. Um, the Lucky Project is about how I've created my own luck because I have things that people can't see that are hard for me like dyslexia, like depression, like anxiety, like endometriosis, which is like a physical thing that you can't see yeah. that I have. And I remember I, I asked a few PR companies, can we come and film for the day? Like I'm going to pull some clothes for a shoot, but I'll have like a crew with me. And they were like, okay, yeah, no worries. They watched it and I walked back in. It was fucking weird. Walked back into one of those PR companies like a week after it came out and they were like, I didn't think, you know, I never know that you'd have mental health problems. It was such a taboo. It was ah, still such, and it made me feel like I was like, I just need to take this, you know, like they don't mean it in a negative way, but yeah. the way that this one PR lady said it to me, it was like, you think I'm insane now.
1: Do you yeah. know what I mean? It, it, it is, you can't take it that way though. Yeah, like, of like, course. Where people are like, oh my God, I didn't know you were fucking weird. Yeah. <laughs> That's how it feels, isn't it? Yeah. And it's like, it's like, nah, like. Just, I just get sad a bit. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I mean?
0: Yeah, yeah. I just yeah. get a bit
1: sad sometimes I don't want to kill myself. Yeah. <laughs> but you have so to you, laugh I, about yeah, it. Yeah, but it's not yeah. like you do get that kind of reaction sometimes where it is the, the really? Yeah. What? And it's most nine times out of ten, they don't mean people don't mean it in a bad way yeah you get exactly. the occasional person don't get me wrong mm, he will go he will go really
0: yeah
1: and then you'll go okay cool you're out of my yeah. my circle exactly. absolutely fine but like yeah you know, I've, I've had that a lot with ocd like
0: oh i can imagine when i've
1: to- i've told people about my intrusive thoughts before and you know some reactions that i've had is is what the fuck
0: Yeah, yeah and i'm like
1: no, 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 no! You don't get it. You don't get it. And it's <laughs> Yeah, like, I don't to, actually. And I'm like backtracking myself, yeah. and it's like, uh, luckily, I'm not someone who's had, um, you know, some of the worst intrusive thoughts. You know, I, I, I know of people who, obviously, I'm not going to say who they are, but I know yeah. of people who are very, um. Very sexual intrusive thoughts. Yeah. I I know people who have intrusive thoughts that so they're pedophiles. Yeah, and they're
0: not. They know they're not. It's just this fucked up. I know they're what you mean. Absolutely
1: not. Of course mm. they're not. They would never even do that in their life. Yeah. If anything, the fact that they think about that even says even more so they're not. Yeah. Because they're, they're freaking worried. out about they it are, every yeah. day. Um, and you know you, you get <laughs> they they're basically telling me yeah, that they they were sat down with someone and they were like. They they that person had read something about an intrusive thought or whatever, and they basically just said like yeah but to be fair like I thought I was a pedophile for six months and their reaction
0: yeah
1: it was not
0: okay was
1: oh. yeah and he's like no 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 like you don't get it like and they were like oh my god no that but wait you actually want and yeah. all of a sudden their view went from their mate being a normal person who occasionally yeah. has an intrusive thought to. My mates are nonce, When yeah. it's so not, yeah. do you know what yeah. I mean? And yeah. and this is where like the taboo of OCD really, really goes deeper. It's like you know I've had pretty violent intrusive thoughts. You know, like pushing people in front of the in front of the tube, and mm. and you know most people have these thoughts. Yeah,
0: yeah most people.
1: True. How many times have you heard someone go? I always think about pushing someone off a stage it, like, yeah. in front of like a train. As like, oh, it's so me. Yeah, like, yeah. But the thing is though, is that like because. I have OCD, I obsess about it. So yeah. now, you know, every time I see someone on a station, it's the first thing that pops into my head. Yeah. Because I have the tools now to just suppress it or not worry about it, I'm not like, cool. But the thing is, though, is that, you know, someone who doesn't understand what OCD is yeah. feels that shame, but then also is having these thoughts. That's yeah. the perfect recipe for someone to feel like they are a monster.
0: A hundred percent. Which
1: I I thought I was. Yeah. You know, you get intrusive thoughts of picking up a knife and stabbing someone. Yeah. It doesn't does not does not mean you're gonna. Mm. But the thing is though, is that with all those perfect that perfect mix that like I just said, yeah. I thought I wanted to kill people. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the least violent person I know. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like it's and it's that's, I think
0: that's what people don't get, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. So they think so I think I don't tell me if I'm wrong. I think probably the best way to explain to somebody that doesn't understand it would be that a serial killer will spend weeks, months planning how to kill someone, yeah. right? stalking someone, buying the tools, doing things, right? Whereas someone with OCD that has those thoughts, basically you only have them because, like, you've heard of it. Do you get what I mean? And then it's in your head and you can't stop thinking about the fact that, oh, my God, what if I'm an awful person? What if I want to do those things? But you're not sat there going, how do I kill, you know, Googling. Absolutely. Do you know what I mean? The difference is that you're basically obsessed with the fact that you think you – oh, my God, what if I wake up one day and I want to kill people? Yeah. But it's not actually what you want to do. No. It becomes an obsessive, true, like, intrusive thought, yeah. but it's not something, it's not a fetish. It's not a, do you get no. what I mean? And It's that's not something you
1: desire, do. that's the thing.
0: Yeah, it's actually the opposite. Yeah,
1: it's completely the opposite. It's something that causes you anxiety, it causes you pain. Yeah. Like, like mm. I, I had this thing where probably for, like, a year, every time I would hear a siren, mm. I'd think it was for me. And I would shit myself.
0: You had no reason. No reason whatsoever. Yeah.
1: Like, do you know what I mean? Like, the most yeah. illegal thing I've probably done in my life is take drugs. Do you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. it's not that deep. Probably <laughs> should not put that in. Um,
0: no, on who gives but, a fuck? You know, like, let's be honest. Yeah. I but, think most people have taken a drug. Yeah, in it. You know? But I think the Give thing it
1: is, it. though, is that like, you get that there's a lot of stigma surrounding OCD, yeah. mental health in general, of course, but. I think when it comes to OCD, it's like, it almost feels on, like, another level. Um, And, like, what a lot of people don't know, like, OCD is in the top 20 most debilitating diseases in general, Mm. not just mental, in general. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's up there with cancer, it's up there with AIDS, but then you still get, you know mary or karen he goes i'm so ocd i love things to be neat and it's like nah it's not the same can't can't be doing that or even worse when you get people like um what was it oh it was like a coffee shop and outside their coffee shop was i'm so ocd obsessive coffee disorder and i was like you would never be like i'm so cancer
0: yeah. Like,
1: uh, I'm crazy at, do you know what I mean yeah. like it's, it's, it, that's what makes me it makes me angry to be honest with you because people doing that stuff are people who have actually never yeah. experienced OCD of what yeah. it actually is come back next week for part
0: 2